So thanks, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Flashpoint Podcast, episode 101, the final episode of the show for a little while as we kind of regroup and try and figure out what the next step is here. Uh, so thank you guys for listening, and thanks, everybody, uh, for you know, listening in the past and listening now. So really, really appreciate that. Um, it is Tuesday night. Uh, I am joined by my friend Brian Conlon, my friend and yours, uh, to talk about FTX and uh, the kind of the ongoing fallout across crypto and political worlds from that. Brian and I were supposed to do this show last week, uh, but a bunch of stuff got in the way, namely pretty much just, you know, holiday stuff. So uh, glad to have him back. Brian, how's it going today? It's going good. You know, life is, life is decent, you know. Life is good? Yeah, hanging in there. Yeah. It was a nice day out. Had a pleasant day. Hope you're doing, doing well, Owen. Yeah, yeah, I am. Thank you. Um, so kind of, so, so just so everybody understands kind of where we're at here with this, uh, story. So FTX was a crypto trading site uh, that pretty much crashed earlier this month, almost instantly. Uh, I think that it would be safe to say that it just, I mean, it kind of collapsed. It had billions of dollars of value in, uh, in crypto. Uh, and then that just kind of has, has just evaporated because, you know, of course, the, the stuff is, is just a, uh, a Ponzi scheme. Um, but Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO, was a pretty powerful uh, political mover and shaker, especially in the Democratic world. Uh, his co-CEO, Ryan Salem, in the GOP world, I wrote about both of them for The Intercept back in August. Uh, we'll talk about that story in, in, in a little bit. Uh, but since that crash, since that uh, you know, basically, you know, just, just like the end of the end of that uh, era, as it were, there's been a lot of fallout just in the last few weeks as we've seen a lot of uh, political people trying to kind of distance themselves. Uh, Richie Torres, probably the most notable uh, on the progressive side, this is a uh, somewhat progressive lawmaker from New York who's very close with uh, both Bankman-Fried and, and his uh, political friends, uh, pollster David Shore and uh, soon-to-be former pollster uh, Sean McElwee, who today, it was reported, is going to be stepping down from Data for Progress, the polling firm that he founded. Um, and it's not really clear to me, actually, that Sean stepping down has a lot to do with FTX, but it is kind of all part of the same thing here, where this this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, like everything that he touched is kind of just turning to shit, uh, kind of reverse Midas, and uh, it's, it's just, it's been interesting to kind of watch. Uh, Brian, I know you've been, I know you've been mentioned to this. Uh, what, what's your kind of assessment of, of where things are at with the, with the SBF FTX fallout? I mean... It's really like if, if it wasn't for the fact that there's a bunch of people who have been left holding the bag um, and that 
because FTX and, and other companies dumped an absolutely ungodly amount of money advertising for for what was very clearly like if if you'd studied cryptocurrency in any way, shape, or form and, and sort of followed it for any length of time, you'd realize just how unstable and speculative the market was, right? But because they dumped this just just this absolute massive satchel of cash um, into the hands of advertisers, like they 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 got a whole bunch of people to invest in it. Like it's it's people like Matt Damon, you know, ha, has famously, yeah, Larry David. Like a lot of these folks have a ton of money. Like they got a lot of cash from this, and 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 basically the way I, I see it is this was uh, another chance to sort of um, bring in a lot of dumb money to uh, make holes from stakeholders so that they could cash out and leave other people holding the bag. And, yeah, which is which is the definition of a Ponzi scheme, and, and the way, oh, yeah. uh, especially FDX, was always set up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing. Like, it's wild just how often like this stuff keeps repeating, right? Like, if you go back, you don't have to go back that far. Like, you just have to go back to like 2014, like, and you can find like parallels to other stories, like um. Coindesk, the 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 news outlet that basically blew open everything with FTX and and Bankman Freed, um, they're running the risk of of being bought out by somebody who is deeply invested, specifically Barry Silbert's digital currency group. Um, yeah, well, can can you explain that a little bit more? Because I can't really completely follow what's going on with that. What 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 is exactly happening with? So he like basically they're looking to buy CoinDesk, which like they did a lot of good solid just bread and butter journalism, right? And they blew up in the story, and Silbert's buying it, and I fully suspect like there's going to be significant editorial pressure to not be critical and turn it into just another sort of pro crypto pump and dump, right? A pump and dump venue. Like this is my suspicion, but. The thing is, there's a, a similar parallel to this. It goes all the way back to 2014, where um, a Bitcoin mining equipment company called Butterfly Labs, who was notorious about like promising these custom Bitcoin miners using special custom-made silicon that would be the most efficient way to mine Bitcoin, they bought out uh, a comedy website that was basic existed existed essentially to mock um, Bitcoin at that time. They bought it and they essentially shut it down and got rid of it as a as a, a, a avenue of criticism. Like Semaphore's uh, got an article up from uh, Bradley Sachs and Liz Hoffman talking about this, but like Silbert is up to his gills in like, he's got a lot of money exposed here. Right. And he doesn't like, you don't want necessarily a bunch of people running around. Hey, this is a, this is a ripoff. Hey, this, this is not something you should trust. And yeah, you I don't, fully, you don't, 
you don't want people to start asking more questions. I mean, I know you said it goes back to 2014, but I almost feel like you could go back to the beginning of this year, uh, which, you know, this year that's almost over, 2022, where you had basically the crash of the NFT market. And it was mm -hmm. almost exactly the same thing, where it was like there was this huge speculation bubble, and everyone like got like super into it, and uh, people were left holding the bag when the whole thing crashed. People had spent all of this money on these completely worthless things, but they were all obviously worthless the entire time. Mm -hmm. uh, but they had been convinced to do this, and and again, like like it, it is important too to see who is holding the bag on this, like who is left holding the bag, and it's always the or it's always the majority of them are always kind of poorer investors or people who are who really believe in this and just sink their life savings into it. It always comes down to this kind of lowest common denominator, uh, kind of desperate person who's making these massive bets on this on this kind of uh, uh, digital Ponzi scheme stuff. And they're always the ones who are who are left just to just to kind of pick up the pieces while people like uh, Bankman Freed, who is now claiming that he only has like a hundred thousand dollars left, which is just not. Uh, I, I just don't believe that. I think that he must have money hidden away somewhere. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I just you know it, it's it's it gets enraging when you start to think about it for a few for a few minutes, honestly. Well, yeah, and the dominoes are falling too. Like BlockFi just filed for Chapter Eleven protection, right? Like this is another big thing. Like I, I like you're seeing. You're seeing um, major exchanges like um, Coinbase specifically. They're ending, they're ending support for several uh, cryptocurrencies that were popular until relatively recently. I mean, there's going to be like ripple effects resonating across this because of just how crucial, you know, FTX was. And and the wild part is like no one can get Bankman Freed to shut the fuck up. Like, his, like when Paul Weiss fires you as a client, that is an indication, like, <laughs> that, that it's, not, it's not good. Like, there's only so much, like, you can do if, if, if somebody who's, like, as, as high caliber, for those who don't know, Paul Weiss is, like, one of the top-level, like, major big deal sort of defense attorneys. Like he's a he's a, a super big deal, and he's like, nah, I'm not working with these people. Like he, yeah, it's it, he like I've never like there's there's almost there's there's literally no sort of comparison here. Like like we're in some ways in in uncharted waters because this guy is just he's like the Enron guys, but with like essentially like a daily radio show. He can't fucking stop himself from essentially incriminating himself like literally every single day in some new and extravagant way. Yeah, I've heard I've heard it kind of suggested that this is an example of kind of hey he's either spiraling out or he's kind of sweating out uh, as he cleans up, um, I, th there, there have been a lot of there's been a lot of reporting, and, and most of it is gossip. So you know, take that, take that as it is. But uh, that uh, uh, Bankman Freed and uh, all the other guys there in the Polycule in the Bahamas uh, were doing like tons of speed 
tons of speed and and all kinds of different drugs and that essentially like what we're watching now like one of the theories what we're watching now is just like as he is kind of detoxing he's just he can't stop himself from talking he can't stop himself from uh from just incriminating himself um and uh yeah it's 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 been um it's it's been pretty wild to see whatever it is because this guy has been continually saying things that are just putting him, him his own self in the worst possible position and what that is leading to is essentially uh Bankman Freed uh being being left uh holding the bag I think in his own way kind of like being being left as the person who is going to be incriminated here uh and I, I kind of wonder, like, I mean, this guy, is he's not stupid. You know, like, he may be doing some stupid shit right now, but he's not a stupid person. So it does kind of make you wonder, like, why he keeps on doing this. And maybe, maybe you know, I mean, there is, like, a third option here, right? I mean, maybe he's just, like, completely arrogant and just think that he thinks that he's untouchable because of all of the politicians that he's bought and, and all of the money that he's spread around. Yeah, I mean, like, one of the, one of the headlines that dropped uh, today, I think, the 29th, yeah, like... Robert O'Rourke had to return a million dollar campaign donation to him. Yeah, there you go. That's that's you know, that's, that's some big time Democrat right there. Yeah, I mean it's you know, this was reported in the Texas Tramp, Tribune, and apparently it was sent on October 11th. So this was before everything blew up. But like credit 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 to Beto, like he he didn't get bought out the way f- folks like Richie Torres or um, um, I'm drawing a blank. Gillibrand. Gillibrand. Yeah. I mean, the I was thinking specifically like the Wyoming senator uh, that was working with Gillibrand. They like there's a couple other like there's a whole list of people who are like basically bought by this by this scumbag and and now they're well, this, they're compromised. Yeah, you know? this scumbag and and his co scumbag as well. Uh, oh yeah. Who, who donated all of the money to the GOP? I mean, I think that that's also important to note. Is yeah. that so? I'm gonna. So this is my story from August. Um, it has the second paragraph has a very uh, unfortunate lead here. It says, despite the market's troubles, it seems like crypto is here to stay. Not so sure about that one anymore. Um, but then, and legislators will soon have to choose whether to regulate the industry or let it buy their votes. Uh, so. He's, I'm just going to read off some of the people that he's funneled money to. Uh, Gillibrand, um, he, uh, that, uh, let's see, these are winning Democrats in U.S. House primaries, Jonathan Jackson, Nikki Budzinski, uh, 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 Chui Garcia, if I'm mangling that, I apologize. Um, And then uh, the the GOP, the GOPers, this is from uh, Salem's, has been uh, uh, Ted Budd, uh, Republicans for Senate in North Carolina. Oh, uh, God. Brad Finstan, Bo Hines, uh, incumbents Dusty Johnson and, Sen- and Senator John Boozman. Uh, you know, just like there's uh, all this money. And, and even though, like, not all of this was successful, like, they, they had a pretty good success rate, one. And two, uh, the... It's just about spreading the money around in general, right? Like it's all about just kind of getting that money out there so that people know that you're going to take care of them if they take care of you. And, I, and I'm wondering now that it seems like he has no money left, 
but how much how much goodwill that money has bought like you said like Beto returns some money but he is uh, you know just just he's he's the exception I think that's going to prove the rule right yeah I mean once you start disentangling this stuff you're going to like and 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 the right wingers too had tried to make a big deal about this and trying to connect him to the Democrats and to Ukraine and 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 then when you start when you flip over the rock like one of the members of the polycule was just as aggressive as 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 he was in spreading money around but to republicans right like they're well, basically Ryan i'm actually not sure if ryan was part of the polycule but he is the co-ceo of ftx but also but but somebody from alameda um the what was her name caroline i think oh right yeah that that was um that was yeah. She's she's the one who has who has also gotten like a couple of profiles, I think. Yeah, gotten a couple of profiles, and and she, and like, and she apparently was was spreading some money around too, just in a in a different way, right? Because a lot of what what Bankman Freed was doing was through five hundred one c fours and and other stuff. Like, um, those have a little bit more of a clear sort of paper trail. Whereas I think she was doing like a lot of dark money stuff or direct uh, contributions, stuff that, that we're not going to find out about probably for a year and a half or two if we ever find out about it at all, right? Well, not to mention that Bankman Freed himself said that a lot of his money had gone to the GOP as well, but he had mm-hmm. just done a dark money so that he wouldn't get yelled at. Yeah. I mean, I think the – honestly, the, the seminal thing and, and – and, you know, this was the article on the 16th, the the screenshot interview in Vox, right, from Kelsey Piper. Like, honestly, one of the most remarkable bits of reading I've ever seen, right? Like, he's just genuinely... Well, he's, I, he's, I mean, he's, like, he's, when you consider the number of tendrils, like, the Intercept lost a big chunk of money, right? Like... Say what you and say what you will about the intercept. Like, there's some people who write for it, who are. I am not a fan of theirs. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, like, I, I, like I, I don't, I don't want to get into beef and I don't want to divert it. But you know, there's also a lot of really good work that the intercept does and and publishes on that no one else is really talking about. And and so they've got they got a big hole blown into their budget essentially because now he doesn't have the money to make good on the grant that he gave that's true but you know i would say i would say something to to defend the intercept here is that uh they were in talks to get that grant if you look at like the timeline and they published this story that i wrote about the crypto oh yeah yeah i'm not i'm not saying i'm not saying compromised by it oh yeah i'm not saying that they were compromised like the fact that they published your critical story is is an indication that they weren't but it is it just does go to show you just how how far this guy's reach was and how much he tried to to i would argue like what he was trying to do was trying to purchase legitimacy and 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 that's something that i i think a lot of the the crypto crowd has struggled with is is attaining legitimacy within within the broader mainstream because justifiably it's it's it still has the stigma of either really weird utopian libertarians or oh you're going to be buying drugs or child porn on the dark web and and so it's it's really tough to make that crossover and 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 on top of it 
all of the problems that cryptocurrency tries to solve are solved issues. So this is a solution looking for a problem. And so they're just, they're just like, they're basically, again, it, it ends up falling into this, this pattern of, of crash, bubble reinflation crash that just never seems to end. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a good point. Cause you can really tell that there's like this kind of, there's this kind of messianic like way that they talk about it. Like crypto and blockchain are going to save the world. I've, I've seen some, uh, you know, susceptible people that I know kind of fall for this kind of stuff where it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like crypto is going to change everything. It's going to like liberate the world. It's going to, the blockchain is going to be like a revolution. This was the line, I think, probably around like four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Not really the line so much anymore. Although I would also say that like thing, like it has evolved to the point now where it's not so much that it's, it's seen as like uh, the, where, where libertarians or like people are using it on the dark web to buy, uh, you know, like, like disreputable stuff. It's kind of more seen at this point as a scam. I mean, I think oh, yeah. that the, even, even before FTX happened, it was seen as a scam. Now the FTX has happened. Uh, this crash has happened. Now, I mean, any, anybody I talk to who has even like a passing uh, familiarity with it uh, completely understands that this whole thing was a hustle. And, and, that, and that not only that it was a hustle, but it's like indicative of the entire of the way that the entire uh, system of, of crypto is built on. Not and that this what, was an exception. That this was you know like what's that funny this was too, like what it was. You know what's funny too is is there's almost sort of like a first time is tragedy, second time is farce um, kind of element to this. Like in, in some ways it's almost sort of like um like not just the repetition, but there's also sort of like a cargo cult thing, like where where basically there was this obsession where very early on, where basically it's like, well, we're a separate currency system, so we should have stock markets that, you know, you can buy stock with Bitcoin, or you should use Bitcoin as like a payment processing thing rather than a speculative investment and this, that, and the other thing. And you could buy a burrito with Bitcoin and all this other stuff. This is in some ways like with um, Binance, the other big cryptocurrency exchange, um, like committing $2 billion to bail out like, crypto firms, you know, facing collapse after FTX's collapse in a lot of ways, like this is, you're, you're talking like the panic of 1907 and the formation of the federal reserve, you know, and, but it's, it's sort of a, uh, you know, kid trying to seem like they're a grown up um, version of that. And it's never, it's never going to work because again, all of the problems that cryptocurrency quote unquote tries to solve is something that either cash or existing, you know, payment clearing systems solve. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think problem in search of a solution is a really good way to put it. Um, you know, I, 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 I do want to talk about one like very specific piece of fallout here uh, that is still kind of unclear on how this is going to play out, but this kind of, speaks to where I'm from, which is uh, Western Massachusetts, the Birchers, a little rural region in the middle of nowhere um, out in, in uh, like Western New England slash Eastern New York area. Um, and there's a little town there called Lenox, mm. which is like this little tourist town, a lot of nice little restaurants, but whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Ryan Salem uh, is from the same area that I'm from. He's, he's from a town kind of close to where, where I grew up. 
And he started taking uh, his money, uh, running it through LLCs, and either getting loans or just straight buying with cash all of these buildings and commercial businesses and restaurants in this town of Lenox. Uh, to the point that he uh, now owns, I think still owns, uh, half of the commercial real estate and half of the restaurants, the working restaurants, in the town of Lenox. This is a small town, but there's a lot of money there. If, any, if you've ever heard of Tanglewood or the Berkshire Mansions or any of that stuff, like that's all with like this. this the is White really Elephants, good. yeah. It was a really beautiful little place. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, that is – that's what Ryan has done. And now the question is, so if he didn't pay for it outright, or even if he did, what happens to those restaurants? What happens to all the workers? Uh, what happens to the people who are uh, in this situation where they, you know, they, they have um, – they're just kind of wondering, like, what uh, what comes next um, for them? Because, you know, for, for uh, as, as far as they're concerned, certainly, uh, their, uh, their livelihood is, is, is in danger now. And I, the reason that I bring that up isn't to pick on Ryan. It, it's just to say that, you know, I think what he did was smart. I, I, from the beginning, when I saw that he was taking his crypto money and putting it into real estate, I always thought that that was – of everybody I'd ever heard getting into crypto, like that was very smart. Like, take the fake money and turn it into something real. Obviously, yeah. uh, but I think that that what um, what was kind of interesting, like looking at this, is just kind of like so. So what happens next? I mean, this is like a piece of fallout that is like maybe like a little less sexy. We're not talking about political fallout. We're not talking about uh, political pollsters. Uh, who no longer have, you know, like their uh, uh, um, sugar daddy, I guess maybe is the right term. It's not really the right term, but like their benefactor. They no longer have their benefactor. Uh, you know, we, we have um, politicians who who no longer have like these massive donations coming in probably in, uh, the next cycle. Uh, but what about like these working people who work in these businesses that they bought? And I'm just kind of curious, like what – so. What, what kind of happens to them? And, and I don't really have an answer for that. I guess I'm just kind of asking you, like, what you think is, is kind of likely to happen and, and, and what those people should be doing. I don't know if there are enough of them to start a union, but um, I, was, I would certainly recommend they try and do some kind of uh, worker action for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it also depends, too, on, like, on the legal case, right? Because there's the civil case of Chapter 11 and bankruptcy and all this other stuff and the legal issues in the Bahamas. But there's also there's there's absolutely no way there aren't massive criminal fraud cases that are coming down the pike for basically everybody associated with Alameda, all of the top level leadership of of FTX. I mean, they're in deep shit. Like legally speaking, they're in deep shit. Like and 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 Bankman Freed's done themselves done none of them any favors, right? Because he he literally like this is something that like a fucking 30 second 30 second video of shut the fuck up friday like he should have sat down and watched it and just shut the fuck up and he'd probably be in a much better place now except that he's got so much stuff on the public record that he's he is in 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 terrible terrible shape legally and so once once that starts happening, like if if 
your former neighbor here ends up tangled up in, in a criminal case, like a lot of that can get seized as as the proceeds of a criminal enterprise, right? Like depending on depending on the nature of the criminal case, like it could be a RICO charge, it could be something else. And if that's the case, they'll just fucking take his shit. And then what happens to those businesses during that case, I genuinely have no idea as I am not a lawyer. You know? Yeah, you I mean you would think that they would probably just end up kind of languishing and turning into like blight building. I mean, it's it's it, it's impossible to overstate like the the potential impact to this very very small town if that if if that was to happen. Um, if half of the businesses were just shut down, half the commercial real estate was just in limbo. Um, yeah. But it could happen. It could happen. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about, but it could happen. Um, and it's it's. Again, I you know I know I know it's just like a little, it's just a little impact. It's not it's it's not a big political thing. It's not something that like is happening in Washington or New York or even in the Bahamas. It's it's just happening in this little tourist town. But it does make me think about you know what the uh, what the consequences are going to be and and what the uh, what the workers are going to have to face here. Um, I mean, and, I think it, and, and that's I think, I think it's right. really crucial. I think it's really crucial to focus on that because as much as you talk about sort of the big picture level and how like this, this doofus got a chance to sit down and talk to, to like people with access to out a little bit there, Brian. I mean, as much as we, we can talk about how this doofus had access to like Saudi government officials, hoping to get a bailout through his uh, law school professor, daddy, like as much as, as we can talk about sort of, the top level leadership and, and how, and sort of how policymakers ended up compromised by these assholes, right? The people who are ultimately going to pay the price are the people, like you said, like that had their businesses bought by this guy and are going to have their lives potentially like their jobs lost because of it. You know, all of this, like there's a lot of pain that's going to radiate outwards. Like, as much as, you know, I, I, I don't think the big problems with, um, shall we say, uh, data for progress and and the specific person in question, that 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 more has a, a that's from my understanding more of an issue with um, spending too much time on predict it than um, any kind of like cryptocurrency compromise. But yeah, it's, it's just being tied to it. You're right, though. You're oh, right, yeah. though. It is different. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, it's also, it also speaks to judgment, you know, and it's just like, these folks are like, if you took just one look at the NFT thing, right? Like, and that's the other thing, like, when was the last time you heard anybody talking about NFTs as an actual worthwhile asset? Yeah, I mean, it's been forever. I mean, like, yeah. like it's, not, it's, it's, it's gone, it's not even a joke anymore. Like, people just don't talk about it, period. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one cares. And so again, it comes back to not only do these folks not really have any understanding of how to run things, like the fact that the guy who liquidated Enron is now in charge of FTX and is genuinely, he said it's worse than Enron. Like it's the worst thing he's ever seen in his entire career. You know, that is like, that's a, that's a real problem. Like 
like there's there's going to be a lot of pain behind this because of the amount of money that's that's just gone up in smoke because it turns out that oh shit none of this actually had any meaningful value right except except for except for the value that you put into it and that was been taken out of it yeah and so now so now what has happened is that now you're fucked yeah exactly um, and and that's kind of where like what I wonder is like going to happen to this guy because um you know it, like like people are going to be beyond pissed about this they're going oh, to yeah. be I mean, they're going to be just like, like, like levels of rage that are just, uh, you know, like they're going to want, they're going to want blood. I mean, like, like Bankman Free, like, like he should obviously be worried about like legal consequences, but he should be worried about like other consequences too, because like that shit can get pretty real pretty quick. And like, oh yeah, you know, you're, uh, these are people's life savings or, you know, in, in some cases, but I think the people that he would really have to worry about are, are the, are the other wealthy people who bought into this and, and weren't able to get out in time. Yeah. And, and it also like, when you take a look at the conversation that he, he had with, um, with Vox, with, uh, uh Piper, um, like he says something, uh, OFAC is slowly undermining, like, this is, this is how little this guy actually understands the world. Um, OFAC is slowly undermining U.S. Glo- interests globally. So for, for those who don't know what OFAC is, OFAC is the Office of Foreign Assets Control. These are the people who uh, essentially enforce um, U.S. sanctions and uh, prevent money laundering. It is not undermining U.S. interests globally. It is like basically the primary agent of enforcing American financial control over the world. Like the like these folks genuinely don't understand how the world works. And looking at at like like this brain dump from him has been is is absolutely fascinating because it it really does show like he just does not fucking get it. Like, I think to some extent, like, this is me psychoanalyzing a guy I don't know, but I don't think he was the person that's really pushing this. I think one of the other people in the polycule is the actual brain, and he was the the, the sort of front for it. Yeah, he, he so he was the face? Yeah, I think he was the face, and, and the brain is somebody else. Because yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy's a fucking idiot. I mean, it, like it would make sense because um, he he has he has been the 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 front man of it and has allowed basically other than the like the woman who you mentioned, uh, but she's and 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 Salem who who's been ident- who was already in the news for his political donations. Caroline Ellison. Yeah, but like the rest of the people, like I have no idea who they are. I like I have no like like we don't have any of the. We don't have any of the names for them. We don't have. We have the names for the polycule, right? Like, but we right, don't but, have but any we don't of the have other. Any, we don't have any further reporting on that, though. Like, we don't no, know really. anything about them, right? We don't like none of them have been profiled. Um, and he has just continued to go out there and go out there and go out there and talk about this stuff and 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 make himself the the, the front of it. And and I think I think part of it is that he just really wants to. Uh, he just he he just really wants to be the uh, the guy in charge. He wants to be the special guy who everybody pays attention to, and and I yeah. think that's a lot of it. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely wants to be the very specialist boy, right? The the other thing I think that's been interesting though that 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 this sort of uh, sussed out or dug up is 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 an increased focus on on long termism, like as an ideology, and and honestly being associated with a complete financial collapse. Um, I think does not do it any favors, which is in the end a good thing because it is a genuinely terrifying ideology. Yeah, can you like, explain that a little bit just for just for listeners who might not know? I'm not super familiar with it, but it's like sort of the argument is like you need to start thinking in centuries. And so usually what it it it, it, it at the end of the day, it's sort of um there's this genuinely horrifying article. Uh let me see if I can find it. Um but it like basically the idea is is there's there's soft long termism and then there's hard long termism and the soft long termism a lot of it is is sort of like effective philanthropy and 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 all of that is, is something that they're very focused on and what it ends up being is essentially like what effective philanthropy looks like is a lot like um sort of the Chan Zuckerberg initiative which essentially is a for profit charity right um and, and a lot of it is also through the, these big family foundations like Gates and Buffett and Clinton, right, where they're basically able to make a ton of money off of sort of what's supposed to be, you know, public social good. And like this is sort of their first um, faltering step into the light, and it's it's not doing that well for them, you know, like. If you're associating with somebody like Sam Bankman-Fried with your ideas, it's it's probably not going to help you in the long run. But let me see if I can find this yeah, other well, article. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your reputation is going to be damaged. As as has effective altruism, so-called effective altruism. Yeah, that's what uh, it's called, of, effective altruism. Both of these philosophies have been have been pretty damaged by their association with Bankman-Fried, um, yeah. and you know, I, I think that that is going to be. Uh, their kind of legacy at the moment, where you know they're they're associated with this uh, scam artist, this hustler, and uh, and and that's yeah, like you said, like this is their big you know this is their big uh, coming out party, and uh, they've kind of face planted because what what's what's ended up happening has been that uh, they're they've 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 kind of tied uh, they've. They've attached themselves to this guy, and uh, it seemed like things were going well, and then things just crashed. I mean, you know, to be clear, like just within the last year, I mean, Bankman Fried was on stage with Tony Blair and Bill Clinton. Uh, you know, he was he was running around the world with all of these, uh, you know, like former leaders and 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 super rich people and super. Arguably, at that stage, arguably, SBF was the third worst person on that stage. Oh, it's not arguable. That's that. I think yeah. that's the only thing that's arguable. But, but still, but like you know, not everybody feels that way, right? So like, no. he's getting like that level of legitimacy from being in this position, and I, I think that there's there's a lot of uh, in in a, in in a in a world where people actually took things seriously, this might you know call for some like self reflection, uh, but we don't live in that world, so. I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, now there's, it's questionable whether or not like, like Seamafor reported too, like 
he owns a chunk of Twitter, right? Musk is denying it. Insiders, not sure. And and also Ben Smith acknowledged that, you know, Freed owns a chunk of Semaphore too, right? It, it's again, as you flip over rocks, like you're you're going to see more of like his associations because again he was trying to buy legitimacy. Like you don't you don't go and pal around and, and get on the stage with Tony Blair um, if you're like actually a decent human being. Like no one wants to associate with Tony Blair for very good reasons. Well, you know, but this guy's but this guy's political philosophy was essentially like the kind of center right uh, technocratic liberalism, by, yeah, yeah, espoused by you know famously or, or famously, I guess if you if you know who these people are, but. Uh, David Shore, who is the pollster, who has basically said that, you know, like, it's okay. Like, has basically uh, done the Democrats need to get more racist tweet, but with data. I mean, like, that is, like, that's his whole thing. And so now, you know, he, we're, in, we're in a situation where he uh, is, 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 you know, like Sam Bankman-Fried's, like, whole philosophy was based on this. And so, you know, I think that if you are looking at... Uh, SBF as any sort of progressive or even a liberal, I think, is the wrong way to look at it. But I think that he kind of got that reputation in part because I think that he was hanging out with people like Blair and Clinton who were seen, still seen uh, that way uh, as, as as liberal by a lot of people in, in, in the world, but also seen that, that he was also seen as liberal and progressive just because he's young. And and I think that that has a lot to do with it too. Um, so, okay, I found my I found my absolutely horrifying article. Okay, long termism. Um, yes, go go. Yeah. So, uh, this is this is probably uh, I'm dropping it in the chat. This is honestly one of the most horrifying. These people are pro natalists, which is sort of like the these specific this this specific couple is associated with are creatures of, of Peter Thiel, right? Like the whole idea is essentially like think in generational terms. And what ends up being is it essentially ends up being sort of a form of social Darwinism where you basically are like, Oh, we need to get rid of like people who are going to be threats and, and going to sort of weaken, you know, human, growth and and all this other stuff like it it, like it really gets to a pretty fucking dark place like as you read this like like musk kind of adheres to this and and it's it's all really like i would very i would urge you to read this article because not only are the aesthetics absolutely fucked um like the content is fucking terrifying like these people have a lot of money. Like they founded a matchmaking network for high achieving individuals to have a ton of kids. Um, oh wait, like, a minute. Is, this the, is this the one that starts with the with the couple who have who have two kids? Yes. Oh God, yeah, no, I did read that. I did read that. We are quote quote we are the underground rail, railroad for Gattaca babies and people who want to do genetic stuff with their kids. Ah! I mean, like, Fuck. like. like like this is this is absolutely f- like fucking terrifying. Like both of them are like they write books and work in work in, in venture capital and private equity, right? Like 
like the the wife works directly for like used to be the managing director for one of Teal's projects. Like uh, yes, they I mean, they identify as know, sort yeah. of sec- I think they call themselves secular Calvinists at one point, which is a is absolutely like a phrase that should not exist. Calvinism is bad enough. <laughs> you know, I mean. Calvinism yeah, you're welcome, Warren. Uh, you're absolutely, you're absolutely welcome. You're absolutely welcome. I, I, <laughs> I've, I, inf- like when I first read it, right, like I inflicted it on as many people as I possibly could because the psychic damage was too bad. Um, but it's like, part of, and, and, and here's where you find the- something like that. You want, you, you, you want to share it with as many people as possible so that they, so that they can see the monstrous shit that you found. Oh yeah, and 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 their two kids, like they named one of their kids Octavian. Like, that's right. Just yeah, yeah. fuck off. So, so like, but, and, and here's the, the big punchline, right? Like the pronatalism thing and sort of like this kind of eugenics, you know, who the biggest advocate was before we were starting to talk Elon Musk and Peter Thiel. Absolutely. You know, there was this really big sort of billionaire financier who was, who had a private jet and a private Island in the Caribbean. Um, friends with politicians like Tony Blair and, and, and Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. Um, and others. And many, many and others, others. Lots of others. Leon Black and, and all these other people. And, and wow, it, it wouldn't you know it, the person most associated until, until Musk took over and other people are taking over was Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how that happens. How, how, how it always comes back to these specific mutant supervillains who who just like continually are just like rotating through uh, these <laughs> who, who are, who are always like behind all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like, always the same people. And, it, and, and you know what, like I, like I will say this and, and I don't really, this isn't meant as, and I don't think that it is a conspiracy, uh, a conspiracy theory or something, but like when you see all of these people having the same ideas and having the same philosophies Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's really, it really is kind of impossible to like think of this and think, oh yeah, these people have nothing to do with each other. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and and this is something that that the the people in the article are are saying straight up, right? A direct quote: "The payoff won't be immediate," Simone said, but she believes if the small circle puts the right plans in, into place, their successors will quote become the new dominant leading classes in the world. Yeah, what, what was I think? There, I think there's a line in there where it says like if, if if like eleven families or something like that like can continue to reproduce at this rate, like the, the in eleven the, generations, like, yeah, in eleven generations. That's right. Like it'll equal the population of, of Earth right now. It's just like, I mean, fucking come on. But but it, you know it does make sense. Like why Musk, for example, like has like ten kids with like so many like. Because he's just trying, like, because he really does believe in this shit. Like, he really does believe in it. He really does, like, want to, want to spread this kind of, like, like he, he wants to spread his seed, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's a horrible way to put it, but you know what I'm saying. Like, he, like, he, he wants, he wants a lot of little We've gone to a very dark place, Owen. We have yeah, gone to yeah, an extremely right. dark place. Well, let's let, look. We only have a couple minutes left. Let's get back to FTX here, really quick. So that's long-termism. Horrible yeah, we're not talking philosophy. about Elon Musk's seed anymore. Like yeah, that's, or, that's, or, that's it. Or Jeffrey Epstein, or any other yeah. two people who were almost definitely friends. Um, yes. 
you know, I, I think that uh, just to kind of wrap this, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the reason that I wanted to talk about FTX both last week and now, especially with you, Brian, is that I think that there's just, there, it's just a good way of kind of understanding not only uh, like the, the, the economic uh, aspects of it, but also the political aspects of it and how those all go together. And uh, I guess I, I guess I'm just kind of curious, like what your what your closing thoughts are here, like what you think about like what this, you know, like at the end of uh, Burn After Reading, what what do we learn? I, I, th- I mean, we're not going to learn anything, but like, what should we learn from this? FTX and cryptocurrency are essentially like the the end result of capitalism without any of sort of the productive value associated with with capitalism. Like it is, it is sort of like a distilled version of capitalism with none of the actual, like, like all of the, anything that actually creates something of value, right, is, is carved out and it's literally just exploitation and, and, and theft. Like in this way, it's, it's, it's really useful as, as, as something to study and, and if you're looking to really get a good feel about how um, about sort of the the inherent politics of Bitcoin, um, there's a book by um, David Columbia called "The Politics of Bitcoin: Software as Right Wing Extremism." It was published in it was published in Minnesota Press. Let me find the year. It's it's an old it's an older book like. It has absolutely nothing to do. The copy I've got was put out, I want to say, in like 2014. But like it's it's like it still holds up. It's a very quick read. Like it's a small book. We're talking maybe 90 pages with the index, right? And I and I think it's it's definitely worth reading because because it does a pretty neat job of, of talking about how the underpinning politics are genuinely toxic. And, and none of it has really changed um, as Ethereum came and went, as Bitcoin forked, as all of these exchanges manifested, all the, the new uh, different tokens and cryptocurrencies emerged, basically as speculative products like it's it's definitely worth reading because this was obvious basically right from the beginning that this is where it would end and and as it is like there's people who who have you know lost money that they couldn't afford to lose you know i know some i personally a, a, one of my best friends his brother was <clears throat> is, is in the evangelical church and was deeply involved in crypto and he basically lost his shirt on it he's fine he's got a job and he's not going to like no none of his family's going to miss a meal he's not worried about losing his house but there's going to be people who who invested money they couldn't afford or leveraged themselves took out debt to invest in this figuring they would become billionaires because of it that are going to end up completely fucked because a bunch of arrogant overeducated like grifters took them for a ride with the full support of a lot of institutional politicians and uh, extremely rich actors presenting 
extremely slick advertising. And that is absolutely wretched. Most definitely. Um, I think, I think my, my closing thought here uh, would be, I think, I mean, I think that you kind of covered a lot of it, but uh, you know, the real lesson that I would hope that people learn from this kind of stuff is that, you know, when, when, when you're offered something that looks this good, it's probably not real. Oh yeah. And when you see somebody like SBF, for lack of a better term, I think peacocking is actually like the right word here. Um, in, in a way that kind of just like made himself almost larger than life so that he could kind of like avoid any kind of like, like making yourself so big that nobody can really look at you almost. If that makes sense, like, like, like you're just presenting yourself as such a huge figure that, that it's hard for people to kind of like stop, think about what you're saying for a second. Um, that that's usually like, uh, you know, a, a, a time to look out, to watch out and, and to maybe take a step back for a second, uh, especially when that person is donating money, uh, to politics. Um, but Brian, I'd like to sh- thanks thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, the 101st episode of Flashpoint Podcast. Like I said at the top, this is going to be the last one for a little while while we kind of figure out what's coming next. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Uh, thestrikewave.com, thesouthlawn.org, and uh, do not follow me on Twitter. Excellent, excellent. Uh, well, uh, thanks everybody uh, for listening, not only to this but also to all the other episodes um if you're listening live or on replay on the app still follow because again i'm not 100 percent sure uh what's what's coming next so it's possible not only possible but actually likely that uh that we'll be back and um at some point uh soon so so stay tuned for that and if you're uh listening on you know any of the other syndicated apps please do the same to Follow, like, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, from me, from the Flashpoint, signing off here. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking around, and uh, we will see you 